What's up, everybody? Oh, man, headphones came right down. What an epic false start that was. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. It's an honor, a pleasure, an incredible decision for us to spend this time together. Uh, This is going to be the most thorough rundown that you guys have ever experienced of yesterday's news. Why yesterday's news? Well, two reasons. One, we got a bit of a backlog here. I've had tireless efforts. I've been compiling, compiling, compiling. Haven't been going live. And all of a sudden, I realized, man, I got too much materials. I got to organize all these materials. And then I spent all morning organizing the materials. And then I realized I got too much for a show. So, you know, we're going to do another new episode tomorrow. That's part of the reason. And then also, full transparency, a little hungover. And I don't even get hungover. And I'd like to serve this as a warning to anybody. Who drinks wine? Are you guys out there? Are you guys wine drinkers? I never drink wine. I'm out here. I'm slugging back whiskeys. I'm doing vodka Red Bulls. I haven't done that in a little while, but I've done a fair share of vodka Red Bulls. Sometimes I'm getting crazier. Sometimes I'm throwing other things into the mix, and I ain't ever getting hungover. And then all of a sudden, the pretty leaves start coming out. It starts getting cold, and I think I might like the fruity flavors of a delicious wine. And lo and behold, I'm fucking hungover as shit. I'm hungover as... I don't even get hungover. I think it's because the wine's like so delicious that you just be like, yeah, I don't need any water. I'll drink more of this while you're in bed. And then you drink a lot of it. And then you wake up in the morning and you go, shit, I'm actually hungover. But don't... Don't listen. There might be other people who haven't done as much boozing in their lifetime that maybe they can't brief while they got a bit of a hungover. Not me. Yeah, if I had to mention it, you wouldn't have even known. You've been like, man, Rob's on point with yesterday's news. Because, dude, my rundown of the news from Monday and Tuesday is absolutely... And do you really need Wednesday's news? Do you really need Wednesday's news? Come on, let's be honest. Most shows, they run... They, they come out 24 hours after it happens. You don't even know that it wasn't that day's news. So it's pretty good. I mean, we got a thorough rundown of Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's like a little bit of a catch-up. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll be back with like the news of that day. So, you know what? Just, just bear with me. It's going to be a good show. I promise you. Uh, so that was my first piece of nonsense is, uh, you know, be careful with wine. It, it might, it might look nice. You might be looking at trees. You might be thinking it's a good idea. All right. Here's the other thing I'd like to talk about. If they're going to do like a great reset, if the devows of the worlds are going to get out there, they're going to wreck economies. They're going to try and force us to get onto green energy at the expense of actually having cars that work. And we're going to have to rent the green cars and we're not going to be able to use them all the time because those people get the favor treatment when it comes to carbon credits. You guys have listened to the show before you're in the know on this. You don't need me to go down some early rabbit hole, but can we make a part of the grease, the great reset a, like a great cheese reset where cheese becomes an opt-in instead of an opt-out. I think cheese should be a thing that you opt in for. It can become as a recommendation. There could be like a little box underneath like, hey, here's a sandwich that we make and we recommend the following cheeses to go along with your sandwich. But here's the problem. People, they, 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 like, they pretend that if you're not ordering cheese, it's like you're ruining the structural integrity of their dish. And let me tell you, a hamburger... Oh, you're saying my sound is too high. I can make that adjustment. I can make that adjustment. Thank you, Mr. Eddie Grimm. You know, it's supposed to be automatic within the program. Is that better? Does my sound better? I want to make sure everyone's on board. Or it could just be that Eddie's new to the show, and he doesn't realize how much I yell. And so he thinks that this is uh, too loud. But really, it was just the right amount of loudness. So I'll, I'll give this a second, and then I'll get back into this cheese rant. Because here's what's going on. I keep going to these diners. Or not even diners. Just wherever I go, they fuck up your dish. I like I I I I I can't be more clear in hey, 
I don't want cheese with this. And then for some reason, they think like you haven't tried cheese. They're like, ah, he doesn't really mean it. I'm going to put the cheese on this. And I bet once he sees the cheese, he's going to try the cheese. And then he's going to be in love with the cheese. You don't think I love cheese? Is that what you're trying to say? You, you don't think I love cheese? You, I, listen, I spent an entire lifetime with cheese. We went through a rough breakup a couple years ago. I finally got over it, quit eating it at night, and then pretending like I'd be fine and, you know, dealing with the nauseas at other points of time. We've discussed this before. I miss cheese. I hope scientists come up with the cure for my stomach that I can go back to not dating and just eating cheese. I felt very fulfilled when I was eating cheese. And, and now it's insult to injury. We're one. I can't eat the cheese. Two, it's not like they send you a government check at the end of the year, a, a, a cheese credit for all the times he ate food, and then you didn't get your money back because, like, sometimes you go to places and you got to pay more for more cheese, or you got to add cheese to it, and you got to pay more for it. But then what about when you tell them, hey, I don't want that cheese? They give you a cheese credit? You ain't getting no cheese credit. Government doesn't send you a check at the end of the year and say, I'm sorry that all of these menus are ableist, that they're catering to those. Uh, and I don't like this word lactose intolerant. It makes it, you know what, the cheese started. I was very tolerant of cheese. I incorporated it into my life for 25, you know, it was longer than that, probably 32 whole years. I incorporated it into my life and then it started to protest my stomachs. Now, don't call me the intolerant one. The cheese is the intolerant one. And then these ableist restaurants with their menus... You know, they, they, they put a thousand different cheeses in this, and then you can look right at the waiter with the nice eyes and go, listen, please don't bitch me out on this date. It's already weird that I have to tell you that I have dietary restrictions and that I have to make a scene out of the fact of being particular and having to relay these instructions. I already don't feel good about this. I already feel the pain of not being able to eat the cheese. But can you please find in your heart to actually write this down on your piece of paper and bring me this food without cheese. And even if you do all that, they still bring you the cheese. They ain't listening. And then you sometimes you send it back and they bring it back again with the cheese. They just try and scrape it off. I know what you did. You can't cook a booger that quickly. You ain't going to get this shit past me. So I'm just saying, I think what we need to do is reorganize society. Where everyone who likes cheese, you should be able to eat all the cheese that you want. I encourage you to eat cheese. I like it when I'm out with the person. I get to see them eat the cheese. You know why? I get to live vicariously through their cheese eating. That is something that I enjoy. That's something that I appreciate. But I just feel like it should be an opt-in. It shouldn't be that complicated to have to order things without any dairy. All right, that's enough of my nonsense. Let's get into some actual news topics, and we've got a lot to cover. Oh, but before we do, uh, you know, we got to talk about uh, uh, James Gordon uh, and his, uh, his egg incident. Because at first, uh, you know, I thought that this guy was being an asshole, you know, when you make the newspaper for being angry about eggs, especially when you play a nice fat guy on TV, that's a little bit of an Ellen DeGeneres moment. And we can all just take one look at his face and see, yeah, I could see this guy yelling at someone over some eggs. We can instantly see it. We can instantly see, all right, this guy might be friendly when he's on TV, but when he's hungry, I bet he's a whole different animal. And then I love the way that he approached this. So this is from Week Magazine. I'm going to read you this quote. Um, I haven't done anything wrong on any level, Corden told the Times, adding, I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I just think it's beneath all of us. It's beneath you. It's certainly beneath your publication, in which they, they responded, uh, sir, we're the New York Times. Um, nothing's beneath us. 
<laughs> what a great way for him to try and play it. Like, really? Everyone's that interested in the fact that I freaked out over some eggs? Everyone's really going to lose their shit about it? And I'd like a full investigation into this. I'd like to turn on the news tomorrow and Mueller's back with the entire team or Putin's calling up Biden and he's like, hey, what's up with that James Gordon thing? I would like it if it was full stop in society and people were like, you know what? Let's let Kanye West off. Who cares about him and the Jews? I want, I'd love to see like a full, you know, when they do like those crime shows and they repeat and there's like the reenactments, I'd like a full reenactment of what happened between the restaurant and the eggs. And so now at first he was like, I don't even want to address the situation. Then he pulled a bitch mover. He's like, listen, I wouldn't complain about my eggs. It was about my wife eggs and she has an allergy. All right. So now he starts playing double bitch card where it's not for him. It's for the lady and it's the lady over the allergy. And I'm here to tell you, I know what James Gordon did wrong. You can't send food back twice. It's or by the way, for a long time, I wasn't sending food back at all. I would go to places. They messed up my order. I'd be like, all right, I guess I'm just not eating because I'm like, do I really want the, the, the cook back there putting his dick in my food just because I didn't want to eat his cheese? Do I really want this waitress spitting on my stuff? I don't trust these people. I barely trust their health codes at the outset. And then I'm sending the food back and I'm getting into a quarrel with this waitress about whether or not I told her I didn't want cheese, even though I said it three times. I, I've already said it. I want to, I want to develop paperwork. The Anti-Cheese Association of America, I'll wear hats. I'll tell them they're on review. I'll tell them that we're here. We're conducting a survey about how good waiters are at acknowledging that their menus are ableist and whether or not they're uh, recognizing, you know, certain people and that their their dietary needs and their, uh, you know, when can we start treating cheese like these peanut people? I get on a plane and they warn you, hey, you got peanuts. You're going to kill someone else here. And you're like, well, this flight's boring anyways. Why not roll the dice? That's not true. Don't be killing people on planes by giving them peanuts. That's not what I'm trying to say. I don't remember what I was trying to say. All right, but we can move on to some more important topics. Here we go. Here's today's topics. Give me that news drop, producer man. Will Steve Bannon be allowed to visit the January 6th shaman in jail? With Trudeau banning the guns, how gay is Canada going to go? Why Boris Johnson is proof that if you want to look good after leaving a job, find and promote a woman to your post. Why the UK is making a return to common sense, and why the US might see an influx in transgender kids from the UK. With the midterm elections, will Democrats or Republicans be better at denying election results? Lastly, is Fetterman a US citizen? Because he looks and sounds like scientists were trying to bring a catfish to life. I told you, we got a loaded episode of, uh, of news from the last couple days. And to kickstart this party, why don't we take a look at all the news that makes no fucking sense? Because every single day, you get all sorts of reporting about shit that makes no fucking sense. And you know who this segment's brought to you by? None other than neocratum.com, home of the $60 kilo because we're reading the news all day and you're getting all flustered, getting all, this shit makes no sense. You go to neocratum.com and they'll consistently send you an entire kilo of kratom. So here we go. Let's take a look at what doesn't make one inch of sense. Firstly, everyone's going back and forth with these election fraud claims. You got Democrats screaming and yelling that the Republicans have done the worst thing that's ever happened. They're undermining our democracy with these election fraud claims. They're convincing people to show up and take pictures of the Capitol building and for the FBI to open up doors and make people go to jail as prisoner, uh, political prisoners to be tortured. Where's that? Amongst all these conversations of people running, who's, who's going to stand up and try and free these political prisoners? Sure, you punched a cop, you moved a gate, 
Maybe those people should be in trouble, but the rest of them just walking about trying to protect their country from that gay guy, Mike Pence, not supporting Donald Trump. I mean, these are serious issues. I read about it on QAnon. All right, so here we go. You've got the Democrats saying that it's the worst thing ever, but then in a minute, we're going to play the videos of Hillary Clinton going, hey, we're going to have election fraud this time around. Then we've also had all these cases of Democrats when Donald Trump won saying, hey, that was interference because of the Russians. But at the same time, Republicans are being fucking annoying as all shit. Then when you ask them, hey, do you actually think that Donald Trump won the last election? Do you actually think there was election fraud? Then they just finger point back at you and go, well, you guys claim the same fucking thing too. Can we get some honesty in the game? Can we get people going, hey, Donald Trump lost. There's no reason to consider that there was any sort of election fraud. Can we resolve that, not have it be a gray area? And then, like, I, it's just it's becoming a little bit too much lunacy where no one can admit to lying or being wrong. And the whole fucking thing is just getting a little bit confusing. We're going to watch a whole bunch of videos in a moment in regards to recent claims with voting fraud. Next is you've got the New York City COVID mandate has been thrown out. I believe that that's for city employees. Uh, however, and this is good, there's going to be clawbacks for all the time that they weren't allowed to work, getting paid for it, but being paid not to work, that sounds like a win for the socialists. That sounds like, for a second there, it feels like we're winning because here we are and you're getting in trouble for pretending like the science was on your side when it wasn't. All right, no, here, here's the real issue with this one is that it seems, I got to actually read through the whole thing, that the reason or one of the reasons that it got thrown out was because it wasn't a fair application because the mayor said, hey, these athletes and other people, artists, are allowed to perform even if they weren't uh, vaccinated. So why is it that these other people have to be vaccinated? But like, what about the initial question of one, where was the authority? Two, we just had a Pfizer person say that it doesn't affect getting sick or getting the, or the transmission. And then why did it take so fucking long to get here? Like, I even remember when we were doing those court cases and they threw out that you weren't allowed to, that, that, that the vaccine was considered to be experimental. You guys remember that? I think it was in Texas where someone was trying to say, hey, this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code because this vaccine is experimental. So how can you threaten my job to have to take an experimental vaccine? And then they did this thing where they go, well, no, it's actually not considered experimental. It's been fully authorized, but it's fully authorized because of the emergency usage, double reference sing and then all of a sudden they go well what can i tell you laws are laws you're gonna have to take this or you're gonna have to lose your job then somehow two years later for the first time we find out deborah burke says it yeah we never studied whether or not this thing was uh was actually going to keep you from getting sick or transmitting it then we get a we we get a, a pfizer representative asked in front of another government and they go yeah we never studied that and then you gotta ask well then who ever had an authority to do any fucking mandates? And then how does it take two full years till the thing is practically irrelevant for people to get their jobs back? All right. Next is you got a handgun hand ban in Canada. And like, you know, are they, are they shooting each other in Canada like they are in the U.S.? Why do they got to ban guns in Canada? Is that just Trudeau just being like, you know what? We're going full authoritarian up here. We're going to make sure, doesn't matter how irrelevant COVID is, how many truckers want to protest, we're going to take away everyone's guns, and then I'm going to bring some new laws. We're going to bring some even worse stuff. What's going on over there? And then you had a weird one 
with these Democrats flip-flopping on Ukraine. It looked promising for a second. Liberal Democrats signing letters saying, hey, this whole Ukraine thing makes no fucking sense. Let's walk away from the ordeal. And by the way, if they end up losing support for this, and then the Ukrainians got walked into a mess that they couldn't handle, that's our fault too. If we tried to, like, if, 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 the, if our government was making promises that it couldn't keep because it didn't actually have the support to fully fund this war, and then they took away their ability to negotiate and they escalated it, hoping that they would, it, it's like a Ponzi scheme, you know? You hope that you're going to have some wins down the line, and so you keep attracting new investors, hoping that you're finally going to have that big win and you're going to be able to pay everybody off, and it never comes. Well, guess what? You're still being an asshole every time you sucker someone. And that's what they did with support for this war. They pretended like there would be ongoing support because we would convince people that it's important, right? Like, okay, we understand that we're not going to win this thing and we understand that it's not popular, but if we invest ourselves and we give them all these resources, we believe that we can get the American people on board so that we can continue to fund this thing and then guess what? You were wrong. And then you put, you put the Ukrainians in a spot. We didn't put the Ukrainians in a spot. We weren't the ones that told them, hey, this thing's a good idea and we're going to support you. You guys did. You guys were up there going, hey, we're going to, without, like, you need to have the full support committed before you make those promises. And then if it de-escalates and we have to walk away from it, don't, don't turn around and shame us over this. That's your fault for overestimating what you would be able to sell to us and the amount of resources that you would be able to send over there. But then, so here's what's confusing. So the Democrats, they actually, these liberal Democrats, they stand up for a second and they go, all right, we're, we're withdrawing our support for this war. It, it's not looking like a good idea. Let's figure out how to de-escalate it. And then apparently they signed that letter like a whole long while ago and then it came out. And then they got their calls, which like, dudes, we're all supposed to be on board with this thing. And they went, yeah, yeah, we didn't, we were trying to de-escalate the war by getting more funding for it. Cause really that's the only way that we can do it. All right. So in analyzing these topics that have been big in the news that make no fucking sense, let's watch a little bit of Ted Cruz on the view. I will say Ted Cruz did an excellent job. I mean, those women are really dumb, so it's not that hard to run circles around them. But, you know, he sat in the pocket. He was nice and calm. He threw hard facts and figures at them. And my God, did he make them look bad. Except for this one moment where I feel that they are asking him a fair question. And I do think that this is an odd pivot and annoying that we can't get a straight answer. Let's give it a watch. Good question. But I did. I okay, read the sure. chapter and as someone who agreed with you most of your career. How do you reconcile your constitutional convictions with what happened on January 6th and trying to overturn the election when 60 court cases got knocked down? Yeah. And, and you just finally, was, the election. was Biden legitimately did. elected? Because half the party thinks that he wasn't, and it'd be very powerful for you to tell the truth. So, so listen, Biden is the president today. There's a lot of folks in the media that any time... Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm answering exactly that. So uh, just off the bat to pause that, even that's a, uh, he's not admitting that he won. He just said he is the president today. In other words, by virtue of the fact that our system works, that if someone steals it and we don't want to look, make a look back and make a little stink out of it, he is the president. So it's a slick answer, but let's continue. That question. There are a lot of folks in the media that try to 
anytime a Republican is in front of a TV camera, try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You don't try to kill my former Abrams, who said boss. who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, the, but not when Democrats. Win. No, well, you know, here's the thing: we may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go to the. Did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country... All right, we can stop it here. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is we're never going to have real conversations if everything's always a pivot. Yes, the other side can be wrong, but if we're also just going to be wrong and undignified about it, then we're all just participating in this dumb screaming match. And uh, I'm not understanding in this case why there's still a gray area... And why, I looked at the election stuff when it was going on, and I said, there's too much going on here for me to possibly know. Yes, there were some statistical oddities, and it seemed that it was weird that more people ever voted uh, th than ever, and that, uh, uh, and that I don't even remember all the particulars. As I start to talk and I ramble, I realize I don't even remember specifically what the oddities were. But at the end of the day, none of this has been proven. So why did things kind of remain in this gray area where you can still pretend, well, it's not definitively solved? All right. And so on that what note, I did, I this is uh, John Stewart. Um, and uh, we've bashed John Stewart here quite a bit, uh, including in the last one where he thought he busted some lady over trans stuff. But on this one... I thought this was media at its best, and he did a great job with his questions. Let's give this a watch. Right now, we have about, I think, almost 20 criminal cases related to the 2020 election. Out of 4 million votes. Yeah, no, I, I'm talking in facts, John. But the reality is, is there are millions of people, not only in Arizona, but people throughout this country that think the election is stolen. There's people that believe in angels, but that doesn't mean you launch an oh, investigation see, that angels changed ballots. But, like, but, but, that's a bit of a tautology. When you have a former president spreading rumors yeah. to his supporters. For instance, Trump can say 74,000 mail-in ballots received that were never mailed, magically appearing ballots. 168,000 fraudulent ballots printed on illegal paper. 36,000 ballots illegally cast by non-citizens. Now, the truth is none of that was real. When it first came out, the cyber ninja said Joe Biden won Arizona. And then they got a lot of pushback, and then they started hedging and hawing. And then next thing you know, people were like, well, Brnovich needs to do something about it. And then it was like a hot mess. But you've responded by doing things about it. You what I've done said is, you're still investigating. We've run, it, we've run a lot of the stuff to ground. And, when, and when you get it to ground, will you come out and say, Donald J. Trump is wrong. The election in Arizona was fair, not stolen, and not fraudulent. I, I have always been a straight shooter, and once, no, once all the facts and evidence are in, John, John, come on, man, I'm telling you. I, you have found no evidence that the election in Arizona was fraudulent or stolen from Donald Trump. Donald Trump lost Arizona, period. I've said that from the very beginning. There have been isolated incidences thus far that we've identified yes. and we are prosecuting. Yes. We still have some active investigations going on, but... People but can draw the their main, own conclusions. There is we, no, no, people cannot draw their own conclusions. There, That's the point of the law. Yeah, it is. The law is that you have facts right. and you have fiction. Right. The fact is, the election in Arizona 
was well run, not fraudulent, and not stolen. From I should Donald probably say Trump. something so I don't get in According trouble for just playing a clip. Investigation. I, I have never said. Why is it, it so hard to just say yes to that? I just, I guess because I've spent my entire, most of my career as a prosecutor, and we still have some ongoing cases. Let so in your way. mind, John. you still feel like after all this, you're going to discover no. a concerted effort to steal the election from Donald Trump and, and that it was fraudulent. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. So why can't you say the election in 2020 was not stolen or fraudulent? I will tell you this. As I said, this I, is blowing my mind. Really? All right. So we got in the groove in the comments going, John is gaslighting manipulation. And uh, it explains me because in this case, I'm actually taking John's side, which is like, why can't you just give me a straight answer? Why are these answers still left where we seem like there's a little bit of gray area where it's not being assertive? I don't understand it, and it's annoying to me. All right, but both sides are guilty of this because now we'll play a video of uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, who seems to be making just as bad claims as everything Hello, we just heard. Here we go. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. And when she gets really up and close to the camera, this is when you have nothing but you have to absorb her fear and stress. This is like the lady from the ring when she popped out of the well, where she's right up in your face and you can really see into her demonic eyes. And so you feel so alarmed and uncomfortable that it's a good manipulation strategy from Hillary Clinton because as she talks, you start thinking that you're alarmed about what she's talking about and not just her being right up in your face like this. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided. So this one I also don't understand. If you aren't cheating in elections, why is a state legislator with the power of Supreme Court reviewing the elections then stealing it? Doesn't this almost sound like they were doing something screwy that if it's actually investigated, then they won't be winning the elections. Like I said, the whole thing makes no sense. All right, we had some other cop topics here that made uh, that made no sense. Here, what right what now. else do we have? Um, this is from uh, Thomas Massey. This was in regards to the Democrats that retracted their letter uh, saying that they no longer want to support the Ukraine war. And I thought that this was very telling. Here we go. If 30 well-established members of Congress aren't permitted to issue a tactfully worded call for diplomatic resolution to war, how much latitude do you think they have to vote their conscience on consequential legis leg legislation? This retraction gives a glimpse into the real Washington. And then here we go. This is from Los Angeles Times. Republicans who question USEA to Ukraine may soon have the power to end it. This is what I was describing. 
of that the Democrats or whoever pushed this would still be at fault. If you didn't forecast for the fact that you might lose midterm elections and you might lose the ongoing support for the war, then maybe don't start it. And okay, I get that don't start it wouldn't be an act wouldn't be an act would be inaccurate. I guess more accurate would be at the start of it, don't encourage the country not to negotiate and that you will be fully supportive of their efforts and that they can afford to go fight this thing if you don't actually know that to be true. I mean, firstly, that policy was dumb from the outset. It was dumb that we called Putin a war criminal. It's dumb that we've painted this thing into a corner where it's got nowhere to go but to continue to be ongoing or to escalate. But what I'm trying to say is that even if you thought that this war was a good idea and you thought that you wanted to fund it, to half fund it in hopes that you can continually support it, well, that's dumb and evil too. It, it's evil because you're playing with people's lives and that you're, 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 you're making a faulty assumption that you will have ongoing support that you didn't actually have, and you're at fault for that miscalculation. Uh, now, this is in regards to uh, what we were talking about, that Canada is taking away people's guns. I don't think they're taking away people's guns. I think that they are, uh, like, banning new sales or transfers. And part of the reason why they decided that they had to do this, I'm going to read this for you, in 2020, the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were 8,344 victims of police-reported crime violence where a firearm was present during the commissions of the office or a rate of 29 per 100,000 population. This one rate was unchanged compared to 2019. This was not the case in all jurisdictions. I just read the wrong part. Um, Yeah, it looks like I freeze framed the wrong piece. Hold on one second. I think part of the reason why they were justifying this was that there was an increase in crimes between 2018 and 2019 with an increase in 2019. And I thought that it was odd to take a look at the coronavirus environment and once again, a response to governments shutting down, which led to an increase in violence and then saying guns were at fault for the increase in violence. First is, I was trying to do some research on this and you can't get good stats on like, would the violence exist without a gun? Or like, are essentially you're going to be dooming more people just to get stabbed to death because there aren't guns for people to shoot them? Or I don't even know in which case some of these might be uh, suicides because that's like the big usage of guns in America. Uh, but... The point I was trying to make is that this is another thing where they look at the reaction to the COVID, which was government's fault, and then they blame it on something else, where they go, oh my God, there's an increase in violence, and so therefore we got to take away the gun. It's not the guns that increase the violence. It's that you ruin people's lives. All right. Now, that was a lot of chaos. I understand you're listening to the show. You're trying to find out what's going on in the world, and you don't want me just yelling about why things don't make, make no sense. And so I wanted to uh, incorporate a, a new... Part of the show with some inspiring messages where we can highlight, you know, news stories that we can all take some inspiration in. Uh, and so the first one is that they've recently discovered that white Americans are, are now dying of COVID-19 at higher rates than black Americans. And I feel that if COVID can learn how to not be racist, so can the rest of us. 
I mean, here you have COVID and it's disproportionately affecting black people for two whole years and then it pivots and now it's affecting white people more. And I'm just saying if something as evil as a deadly world ending virus that isn't that deadly that the government just shuts down things for and forces everyone to take mRNAs that may or may not be helpful, but we're on YouTube so you can only say so much. I'm just saying if something that evil can change its ways and reverts it, ver reverse its racism, I feel that everyone can find it in their hearts to reverse their racism. Even Kanye. I mean, Kanye can't be worse than COVID. All right. And then here's the other piece of, uh, of inspiration I found in this week's news. Uh, and before I give this piece of information, why don't we give a quick watch to uh, Fetterman, who was debating Dr. Oz last night. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has... Uh, I'm willing to talk about a, a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a signal mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making $31,000 a year, you know, $15 an hour. Here we have a guy running for U.S. Senate, and he's pushing not making sense to a whole nother level. Isn't it nice that Biden has encouraged dumbasses of all types of what they can accomplish? And uh, I mean, just think about it. You might be at home. And you might be thinking, I'm an incoherent dumbass with limited skills and health problems that incapacitate me from doing important work. But then people like John Fetterman stand up and they go, no, it doesn't matter how much of a dumbass you are. It doesn't matter how in confused or incoherent you are. We can look to our noble leader, Joe Biden, and realize that even the people of the greatest incompetence can make important decisions for the rest of humanity. And how inspirational is this? And then here, this was and even his pitch. This was his pitch at the beginning of the debate to the good people of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Here's a man that spent more than $20 million of his own money to try to buy that seat. I'm also having to talk about something called the Oz rule, that if he's on TV, he's lying. He did that during his career on his TV show. He's done that during his campaign about lying about our record here. And he's also lying probably during this debate. And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate, mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm gonna keep coming back up. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that also got knocked down. That's his message. If people will support me and I'm totally unqualified, think about what you could be supported for when you're unqualified, where he goes, hey, he never let me live down that I had a stroke. Yeah, that's like if you were trying out for the running team without any legs and the guy keeps saying, hey, you don't have any legs. Yeah, he's not going to let you live you down because you're literally not qualified for the job. If you had a stroke and you're too sick and unable to listen, respond, actually process information, you probably shouldn't be a U.S. senator. The other guy isn't being mean by not letting you live that down. You are openly admitting, hey, listen, I might be unqualified for this job, but think about the inspirational story to the rest of the people of Pennsylvania, because if I can lie to job recruiters and get a job I'm unqualified for, think about the jobs you can have that you're unqualified for. You can become a no licensed trucker. You can become a doctor without a medical degree. You can become a phone operator, even though you're deaf and mute. There's literally, I, I mean, this is the new socialist reality where if uh, you get just money, 
depend it doesn't matter what you do or don't do then guess what everyone's qualified for everything isn't that going to be a fun world to live in all right uh let's take a break let's take a couple comments we got pulse hex over here as michael malice said he will be just as good as any other d will vote whatever the party tells him so he is fully qualified actually arthur imagine fetterman at 80 if he is worse than biden at 53 Arthur, equity and politics for the mentally disabled. Weird how we got to that before equity for non-Jews in Hollywood and banking exec positions. And then Forrest Mommy, honestly, can't wait for a downy senator. All right, what else do I got? This is from uh, one of the uh, ladies of The View. Fetterman's aware he has auditory and processing issues as a result of a stroke. He could have refused to debate like some candidates have. I think you're referring to Joe Biden. I think when you're referring to people that don't want to showcase their uh, mental ineptitude and stay in basements, you're referring to Joe Biden, who, by the way, you guys didn't call a coward at the time. But let's continue. Instead, he went out there and let voters see his challenges and healing process. Support him or not, that takes courage, humility, and honesty. Uh, No, it does not. Yes, I guess it takes balls to be unqualified and on full display, but it actually just takes being an asshole. That's actually what it is. I once had, when my sister uh, got married, which I think was uh, a summer ago, uh, there was a hilarious sight that they had bartenders at this wedding who did not speak English. And they had to stand there, and you would... They literally didn't speak English. You would have to, like, point. You'd have to, like, keep pointing. It was an awkward cartoon And I couldn't believe that there was a person who was confident and comfortable enough to show up to something that they clearly couldn't do. They clearly couldn't follow instructions, but they just were, you know why? Because they really needed the money, so they didn't care. They were actually just being an asshole where they're like, all right, I don't care if I have to stand here for an hour and have everyone hate me because I'm literally incapable of doing this job, but I'm going to stand here and do it. That, that, that's actually just being a dick. That's what that is. Uh, and then somehow John Fetterman can work full duty in public office, doctor says, in new report. Uh, and I guess they got him Joe Biden's doctor. Uh, I, and, and you know what? I, it would be interesting if Fetterman actually blew up Joe Biden's spot where they started doing a review of just how inept politicians really were. All right. And now here, another new segment, which is uh, fun my movie ideas. Because I know how rich you guys are. I know that there's people in this audience. They're loaded up the ass. They're just looking for opportunities to invest. They want nothing more than to send me money. But they, they watch the show, and there's no support link. And there's no, which maybe I should I should get. There's no premium content. And they've just been waiting an opportunity to throw some money at the uh, Run Your Mouth Enterprises. And so here, here's some movie ideas that I have. First is, uh, you've got uh, these new trials going on uh, in regards to Harvey Weinstein. I don't understand. Harvey Weinstein's already in jail. I think he's already been thoroughly embarrassed. But for some reason or another, they need to have conversations about his genitalia in court. That's their new thing. They're, they're doing drawings. They're bringing people in to compare. Apparently, in order for him to be in trouble for another rape thing, they have to fully discuss his weird genitalia. And we all know that he's got weird genitalia. You can look at his face and see that he's got weird genitalia. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to go every detail of his dick in court. And I feel like this Weinstein thing's not resolved until we can hear testimony from the plant that he came on. I don't know if you guys remember it, but at one point in time, he's trying to have sex with some lady. Lady said no. And then he turned around. He blasted a big fat load on a plant. And now I'm thinking of a movie where this plant comes back to life. And it's a horror movie where maybe it goes and it kills all these victims that put Harvey Weinstein into jail. It's like the little shop of horrors of people that I gave good movie parts to. A plant on the loose, on a killing spree, 
horror slasher film going after some of the Hollywood's elites, all the people that blew Harvey Weinstein for parts, put him in jail, and this plant is out there to avenge its father. Or I was thinking maybe more of like a sitcom where uh, he takes back over Hollywood. He gets back on the top, and then he's out there whining and dining, and he takes it over for the glory of his dad. And I guess maybe the plant's less or more rapey. I don't know. I didn't make it that far into the pitch. Here's the next movie idea I have. It's called Caves. And it's the story of the four, the $3 million government-funded adventure to find a bat that doesn't exist. And it follows Peter DeSac and his team as they go over to other countries and they explore caves and they try and put the COVID virus into the bats. So they could go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, there it is. I found the bat that got everyone sick, even though it's in this cave and no one's been in this cave other than us. But they got $3 million to spend. So think about all the caves that they can explore. This can make a good Adventure Channel film. And then here was another story that came across my eye. It was in the New York Post. And it was a semen-sniffing dog used by British cops to help bust sex offenders. So I was thinking that this would be another fun movie. Remember that scene in Breaking Bad when they got the magnet because they had to get, like, the computer out of evidence? So I was thinking about all the sex offenders. They grouped together because they got to go kill this dog. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, where's Pete on this one uh, addressing the merciless feeding of cum to dogs? And that's not just cum to dogs. That's the cum of sex offenders. That's got to be some spicy cum. You think you think this dog liked it? You think like some dog was going to the school and he was like, oh, I'm going to be one of these good little blind doggies that helps this person. And then they keep feeding him. He's like, what the fuck? I got to I got to deal with cum. I mean, that's a, that, they, they probably raped a dog. I mean, where's Pete on this one? This seems like the most shameless thing I've ever seen. All right, we got a couple. Uh, we got a couple more topics. Uh, last segment of the day, I saw it on Twitter. It must be true. We already played this on part of the problem, but you know, do you ever get bored of watching Joe Biden fall asleep on national TV? Is that is that ever not fun? So, if in case you didn't watch it on part of the problem, we did a whole segment on it. But here we go, Joe Biden falling asleep on air. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, it's because he had a moment where he's like, who the fuck is Dr. Biden? Who? Oh, yeah, I forgot. We're lying sacks of shit. We lie about everything. We call her Dr. Biden. Oh, yeah, my wife. That's who you're talking about. I think the reason Joe Biden lies all the time is because you got to practice. You know what I mean? You, you can't just get out there and, and do these really big lies all the time. That's why he talks about jobs he never had, talks about pools he never worked in, talks about his dad at tables. It's because you got to get really good at lying if you're going to pretend like wars with Ukraine are important, if you're going to pretend like COVID-19 vaccines are working, if you're going to pretend like you aren't wrecking the economy uh, by telling oil companies that you're going to get rid of their product and then not having them make more of the product available and try and cash in on it. And then using all of the reserves that we have, the strategic reserves in non-emergency situations while also pretending like we don't need the product. I mean, if you're going to be out there and you got to have like these really big lies, you got to practice with little ones all the time. I have not. All right. And then here was another recent meeting of our president um, with, uh, uh, I don't remember this. Oh yeah. Dylan Mulvaney who's out there on TikTok. She decided to do a series documenting her transition. And I have a couple thoughts in regards to this Dylan Mulvaney. One is if you're going to transition into being a lady, why would you become the world's most annoying lady? 
Like, why would you do a parody of annoying lady? Like, you're, you're choosing to become a lady, so why not become a more elegant, less annoying lady? Why look at the versions of ladies that exist? It's like if there was a Crayola box of different ladies, and you picked the most annoying color and said, I'm going to go with that one. All right. And then I've also, I've discussed this before, that government will put money into something so that that becomes popular, and then more people try and emulate it. Uh, so that's why, uh, I believe certain comics, their careers advance. We've all seen it. We've seen it. Like if you shame some things out of existing because you make it so that they can't make a living, less people are going to do it. I mean, it's what they're doing with Alex Jones right now. You take out Alex Jones and then you get less people looking at the marketplace and going, Oh, there's room for me to be a yelly conspiracy theorist. Why don't I go do that? I mean, we all make decisions, uh, in life about how we want to invest our time on the basis of what can make us money or earn us status. And so if all of a sudden you look at the world and becoming the world's most annoying trans woman is the way that you can become famous and sit down with the president, there's going to be some people that go, oh, I'm going to go make some more content on TikTok. Now, who is actually fueling this content? Is it China? Looks at our culture and goes, hey, I know how we can destroy this country. We can pretend like changing your gender is the world's greatest idea. We can pretend like this programming is a lot more popular than it actually is. And then we can manipulate people's point of views into thinking that everyone really loves this. And then more people will go ahead and do it because they think it's the way to make a living. They think that content of them being, there's no way that this is as popular as it actually is. Some government is manipulating this to make it seem like this is the world. It, it, it's what they do. It's what they did with the coronavirus. I mean, what they did with the vaccine shots where they tried to pretend like you were crazy if you weren't going to get it. You were on the fringe. There was nobody in the world who wasn't going and getting this vaccine. And then we found out the actual compliance numbers, which were after they were forcing people to get it, which was a loose forcing of basically people's jobs being threatened. And the compliance rates after all the force were, I think, at like 60%. That was after they were forcing everybody before, like if they had no force in the marketplace of trying to force people to get this, it might've been 30% yet. They were pretending like you were one of two people and that the other person literally lived with a tinfoil hat underground in a bunker doing nothing but listening to Alex Jones. Like that's what they pretended. They pretended like you were the most insane person that ever existed because that's what they do. They try and pretend that the things that they're trying to promote are significantly more popular and mainstream than they are. It's why MSNBC repeats itself as much as they do. It's the way the propaganda works. And who do you guys think it is? You think it's our CIA? You think the same way that they bought Jackson Pollock uh, artwork to make it seem like we were uh, outpacing the Russians, that there was more money in our culture than there was in theirs? Or do you think that this is the way that China and Russia are destroying our culture is by, you know, basically promoting these things on TikTok and making them seem like they are more popular than they are. All right, that was a lot of commentary. Let's watch a couple of seconds of this video. Uh, we're going to move on now to trans rights. There have been many anti-LGBTQ plus bills introduced and enacted, outlawing things like gender-affirming health care and banning kids from playing sports. To go deeper into this issue, here with us today is Dylan Mulvaney, who's welcomed us into her life by, you know, showing on social media her girlhood series. Let's take a look. 
My name is Dylan Mulvaney. I am a trans woman and I am documenting my transition publicly on TikTok for the world to see. When people started watching and the numbers kept getting higher, I realized quickly how public my transition would be. Of course, I knew that there would be backlash and negativity. I try to not let the internet's words hurt me or my spirit. But do you know what does hurt? Seeing people in power and authority figures creating laws and bills that are actively trying to harm us trans humans, especially trans children. Our lives have become political talking points. Lawmakers in many states want to exclude us from participating in sports or getting proper health care. Some- All right, we're going to stop it there, and I'm going to tease that we will be doing a series in the near future with me and Brian of Hate Watching this is the next hate watch we're going to go through her series of girlhood we're not going to watch the whole thing like the hillary clinton thing we're going to pull up some clips ahead of time uh but she here she is she's got her meeting with the president to advocate expanding more trans care and before i play you the last piece of just how insane this is trans care is a perfect time for people uh, pitching sheathunderwear.com you know why because here you are you got you got men you got women who are looking for new penises and as you realize just how precious penises are, now's the time to cherish yours by buying yourself some sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM and get 20% off the most comfortable underwear that's ever existed with the special pouch for your nuts and balls so that you can keep everything pristine. You know what I mean? The, 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 there might be a secondary market down the line for your penis. You might be at uh, 87 years old and it's time for a catheter and you're not having sex anymore and you realize you don't even need your penis anymore but transgenderism has become so popular that you might be able to pay for all of your health care needs as a senior person with dementia sitting in a chair and you got to pay a lot of money for nurses and if you've been wearing sheath your entire life and you've been keeping your balls and your penis separate and comfortable patches with nice moisture wicking cooling fabric you might have a 20 year old penis the rest of you might have aged to the point where it's withering away and you have to sit in a chair and nothing works that well, but that penis could be a perfect penis. And then you might be able to sell it to some young trans kid in need. There could be some 13-year-old out there who really is looking for, and science hasn't figured out ones that aren't as good as old man penises because everyone's got microplastics. And so like the smaller kids, the younger kids are going to have smaller dicks. So your old man penis might be worth a lot of money. And so invest now in the retirement strategy that might be able to actually keep you affording senior living because senior living gets very expensive. You don't want to be that age without a penis to sell to a young kid in need who might need that dick. How's that for an ad read? Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off the most comfortable underwear that's ever existed. And if you are in hot weather environments, take it from a man who made a mistake wearing Fruit of Loom on his first day out in Vegas. Legs chafing together. You don't want that. You want that nice smooth motion where you don't even feel the friction between your legs. And you just walk around thinking, I feel good because I'm in sheaths. Promo code RYM. 20% off. Um, oddly enough, out in the UK, so we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when I had Dr. Krim on that, what was the numbers? I think it was between 80 and 95% of adolescents who identify as trans grow out of it because then their brain goes and they realize, oh yeah, that was stupid. Uh, you know, <laughs> but anyways, out in the UK, uh, they are treating that as being more factually accurate. And while we are here in America trying to figure out how we can increase 
the support for trans kids, how we can make them solidify that identity and that they should feel cherished and welcomed and maybe even have teachers who convince them that this is the most incredible thing that anyone can ever do. Explore the frontiers of changing their genders. Uh, out in the UK, they're like, yeah, that's fucking crazy, and we're not going to be doing that. Here, I'll read you guys a piece. This is from the Daily Signal. England's National Health Service is reported... Uh, reportedly warning doctors not to encourage children to change their name and pronouns after finding that most kids who think that they are transgender are merely going through a phase. The National Health Service plans to restrict the treatment of young people under the age of 18 who are questioning their gender, the Telegraph reported. Those plans include a ban on prescribing young people puberty blockers outside of strictly conducted clinical trials, the publication reported, and the plans emphasize that there is a scarce and inconclusive evidence to support clinical decision-making. Medical doctors, as opposed to therapists, will lead whatever transgender services that are conducted, considering the impact of autism and mental health issues, according to The Telegraph. All right, we can pause it there, and let's close out this episode with, you know, we, we, we go back and forth here. We say all sorts of dumb shit. We start off the show with all the topics that make no sense. We try and give people a piece of positivity. And we try and leave with some practical solutions that everyone goes ahead in their day and they realize that we can figure out how to solve things. So as we come to the end of the show, it's none other than Rob's final solutions. I'm confused. We need Rob to tell us something. Something meaningful. An actual conclusion. Something that can actually solve this. Not just nonsense. Not just more propaganda. But an actual solution. An ending. Alright, so here's the... I'm thinking we got to start sending the fairies to, to, to Canada. To live a better life. Because here's the thing. Obviously, we're splintering from China and Russia. We're going to pretend East-West divide like they're the enemy. We're going to end globalization. And then they're going to try and lock down all critical industries. And then you've got Canada, which is trying to become the most gay. They're getting rid of the guns. They're still pushing COVID. They're still supporting Trudeau. So I'm thinking that maybe we could just have like... Basically, we can try and live south of the really gay line. Like, we can just divide up the country... We're at a couple easy lines of Canada, which would be really gay. And anyone who's into that, they can go to Canada. And then underneath Canada, we can have like a dividing section of somewhat gay, which is like it's a little bit socially liberal, but it hasn't gone like all the way to, hey, we're taking your guns and you got to stay inside unless you have a COVID vaccine and you can't have an income unless you recognize that trans people are real people and you want to send your kids to a school with men that have giant tits. Because there's some people that are into this. And so the people that are into this, why don't they all band together and then they can go to Canada and then right underneath Canada, you know, people that still like some stupid shit, but they don't like their shit that stupid. So they can have areas like Portland, Chicago even. There's some good cities that are north of the somewhat gay line. And then like Texas, maybe parts of New York will be the fucking awesome territory. And then Mexico will just still be a place for drugs and workers. And then it will all work out. You know, so like we'll have nothing to do with China, Russia, or Europe. Because who needs them anyways? We're going to divide the hemispheres. And then we're going to try and exist underneath the somewhat gay line um, with workers and drugs from Mexico. All right. I feel like I've solved the world's problems. Everyone's welcome. Uh, there you go. I like this. The gay after tomorrow. 
Uh, <laughs> that's our show. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, dude, I got crazy live gigs coming up, and I haven't plugged any of these. Uh, the Arizona show dates aren't up yet because I'm a lazy mess, but we got Texas. Texas is right around the corner. It's going to be, uh, I think, November 4th in Dallas uh, doing a 10 p.m. show. Got some funny comics on that. I'll probably be doing about an hour. We might do a short live Run Your Mouth podcast with a quick rundown of some news topics. Uh, and then we've got uh, the following day, I'm in Austin with Scott Horton. We're going to be doing some stand-up comedy, followed by a live podcast. And then I will be at Texas A&M, hopefully picking up some ch- college chicks on Sunday that are of age and identify as the gender that they were born as. That Those are those are going to be the criteria for hitting on Texas A&M chicks. And then I've got Arizona. i got Kansas City coming up. Got to get that show date up. i got Omaha coming up. Got to get that show date up. And then this weekend, I'm with Justin Silver in uh, Ithaca. That's in the episode description. So if you're in upstate New York, come fucking party at those shows. That's going to be me, Justin Silver, BK Chris. That's the Wrecking Crew right there. All right, more dates coming at you. That's our show. Indigrove, Disney has gay days make a gay year, and they can all go live. I don't know what that means. All right, uh, Stephen, thanks for making my day, Robbie. Keep it up. You got it. Later. Have a good one, everybody.